Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. That's <laughs> getting out of control, man. It's getting out of control. Definitely been a while. It's been a minute, bro. It's been a minute. What you been up to? Man, just oh, wait, back. real quick. I don't, real quick. We're, this is episode 29, right? Yeah, episode 29. Oh, 29. Yep. All right. Uh, man, I've just got back in the country. I've been down in South America. Ooh. Yeah, man. Been down to Cozumel, man. Seen all the Mayan temples, the uh, Olmec heads. It was, it was tight, man. Best trip Sweet. of my life. Awesome. What have you been up to? The Airbnb oh. guru. The guy. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Um, <laughs> I'm learning. It's a learning process, but we're, we're liking it so far. So, um, yeah, booking them almost every night's booked. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, loving the Airbnb thing. Well, love-hate relationship. You know, there's ups yeah. and downs and lots <laughs> what, of frustrations. What ups are you having? Uh, money, money, money. <laughs> the all money's right. the ups. The time and the effort is the downs, you know, because I'm used to the easy money. Well, not so Corporate, easy. man. Not so corporate rentals. Corporate. Easy corporate. money, man. Well, let's set this show up. This is episode 29, right? Yep. And uh, we're excited that we landed a pretty, to, to us, it's a pretty big interview because we're fans of um, a Get certain show called pad. Get Paid for Your Pad. And um, this is the, you know, we've, we interviewed Jasper Rivers, who, yeah. who runs, who, you know, who does the show now. Mm-hmm. And now his partner, and see, I'm not sure. I'm going to ask him on the show. He's going to chime in in a minute, or his, his former partner. His name is Huzefa Kapadia, and so he's going to chime in in any second now, and uh, he wanted to do the interview in his car, which is it's cool, because we just called him, and he said, hey, let me call you right back. I want to do it while I'm driving. Okay, that'll be our first, right? That'll be yeah. our first interview while someone's driving, and I hope it's you know hope it's safe. We don't make him laugh too hard, and he goes you know drives off a cliff in laughter. I mean, bad car, bed, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's worse ways to go, right? <laughs> so he um, he's the co-creator of Get Paid for Your Pad, which is a great um, great show, and we learned we've learned a ton from it. And it's an Airbnb show. You look it up on iTunes and YouTube. And he also um, he co-wrote the book, Get Paid for Your Pad, which, I, I mean, you and I are inspiring writers, too. You know, we want to yeah, yeah, we'll lay down some knowledge, so we're going to really pick his brain. This show is all about us right now, y'all. Just, just bear with it, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so before he calls, see, at any moment, he could call, unless he's BSing, and we're going to keep rambling until <laughs> we never get this call. And they'll say, well, you know, maybe peace out, you know, Matt David, we'll see you next week. But, um, you, you know, get that joke. No, no Dawson is looking at our notes just in case he stiffed us. <laughs> <laughs> but we do, have, we do have enough for a show if he doesn't call. But he'll, he'll, call. Yeah, he'll, call, he'll call any call. second now. And, uh, you know, I, 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 told, I told Micah, well, let's just go ahead and push record. And start recording the show, and then it's, and you roll with it. And when he chimes in, he chimes in. It'll be pretty neat, pretty neat. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, you were on a cruise. I went to Mexico. So we were both in Mexico in like different moments. Probably the same time. No, 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 no. no. I think you came back for. Oh, oh, there we go. There he is. So there goes our small talk, and um, here's um, who's Zephyr. Hey, this is Stephen. 
Hey, what's up, Stephen? Can you hear me now? Oh, we can hey, hear you, man. Loud and clear. Okay. So we're actually... No, it's fine. We're actually already recording the show. Oh, okay. So we thought it would be a good idea. Hey, you know, we'll just talk, and then uh, when Josefa calls, we just um, he'll, he'll, he'll just start talking. Yeah, bring you right, right in. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, I kind of set it up a little bit. Um, you're, uh, you co-created our favorite um, Airbnb um, show called Get, uh, Get Paid for Your Pad. That's right. And um, so you're, you're driving right now, huh? You're in the car? Yeah, I'm in the car right now. But I yeah, can we, we hear your seatbelt light going on. Buckle up now. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to want you to get into an accident or nothing because you know we're we're two funny guys and you know you know our comedy <laughs> our comedy kills, bro. Maybe not that that much. <laughs> That's why we got into the I'll podcast business. Yeah, so we'd get the levels right. Uh, go ahead and uh, tell us a little about about yourself while we're setting up these levels. Good. Sure. So I'll tell you kind of a little bit of the backstory because it's funny that Yasser, I mean, Yasser was basically, he, him and uh, my other buddy Andres, my two best friends, and the entire beginning of Get Paid for Your Pad, the book, and then the podcast was, was sort of, it was, a, it was a pivotal moment in my life. It was right after he and a bunch of my other friends had encouraged me to leave a career that I had in patent law. So I was a patent attorney for about four years. And he had kept, he was insisting for years that I should leave, that I should that I should do something that I was passionate about and actually try and start my own business like he had been doing. And I remember one of the things one time I was talking about a, a car that I was interested in buying. I, I just saw it and I thought it was really cool. And I'm like, yeah, man, I think I'm gonna buy this car in like a year or two. It's really cool. And he he kind of like erupted on me and he's like, man, why are you talking about some stupid car where you're working at this job that you don't like? To, for what what purpose? He's like, don't get the car, keep the car you have, and quit your job and start. And so I, I always remember that moment. Anyways, so it was right after I quit law that he said, hey, I know you're trying to start. I was I run an education business now, and he said, I know you're trying to start your education company, but would you be interested in writing a book with me? And I'd always wanted to write a book, and I loved to write, and that was a big part of my legal you know legal career is writing. So I said, you know what, let's do it. He had the Airbnb expertise, and he brought me on basically as a writer, and that's kind of how it began. So did you have any Airbnb experience at that time? At that time, I had none. Uh, since that time, I ended up, uh, you know, because I did so much research and I, and I learned so much about it, then I started posting myself on Airbnb, and of course, I, mean, I just learned so much about that entire process, but he was the one that had been doing it very successfully for years. But I was basically a, a complete newbie. Nice. So, yeah. so then the the book came first, and then the podcast came after that. That's right. So we launched the book in, believe it released in April or May of 2014, if I remember correctly. And then right away that summer, Jasper said, "Hey, let's as part of our promotional effort, let's do a podcast together." And that was it. We were in Vegas actually at the time. And that's when we did the first five episodes. We recorded them in Vegas on my laptop, if I remember correctly, with uh, with the mics from a, you know, the mics that come with the standard Apple headphones. Yeah, yeah. The built-in mics, so we we recorded with that, and <laughs> and that's how it began. And then I can't remember at what point, or it's really not Jasper's baby. At some point, I think a year ago or something, 
as things started to pick up with my business and I just got, I know so busy running that he has essentially completely taken over the podcast. And now if you listen to it, the only thing you'll hear about me is I sing the theme song and I say the, and it's me kind of talking about the, giving the introductions. That's my voice. Other than that, you know, you got to give all credit to Yasper at this point for keeping it going and building it to what it's become. So you guys use that to promote your book. Um, so like, right. and because you guys are a huge podcast at this point, what did you guys use to promote your podcast? Like, how did you get your podcast out there? Honestly, it was, I mean, I can tell you a few things on the promotional side that I know Yasper did. And again, it was, it was like the book and the podcast kind of fed each other. But I'm, I was just talking to Yasper about this the other day. At the end of the day, it's just, I really do think it's time and consistency. It's been so long now that it's been out there. It was really, at the, at the time, it was the only show on Airbnb, but that didn't mean much. I mean, the audience has just grown slowly, 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 and then started to grow exponentially. And then now it's become really, really big. He's got a lot of downloads every month. I can't, I don't remember the exact figures, but it's somewhere like 15 or 20,000 downloads, I think, in a month. And, and it's still Jeez. growing. Um, and yeah, I mean, as far as we've done some Facebook promotion, we've done, we've done little things here and there, but I think it's really just organic growth. What, uh, that's just really awesome, man. What, what month did you guys, was that peak of, of that? How many did you podcast downloads did you say you guys had? I believe, this is from talking to him last, uh, last time we were kind of chatting about the numbers, uh, I believe it was somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen to 20,000 in a month. But I remember, I remember when it first started hitting 5,000, that was a big deal, uh, when you first started getting 5,000 a month. And again, this is at the point where I was trying to have less involvement, but we were still talking about the show and kind of keeping up the date about it and things like that. And yeah, that was a big point where it hit that and then it just, it just continues to grow. And he loves it. I mean, he loves Airbnb, lives and breathes it. He now, I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but he sold his apartment. He sold his place in Amsterdam that he had been renting for years because the laws changed in the Netherlands about renting Airbnb property. So when the laws changed, he, he had to get rid of it. And then he since reinvested the money in properties in Vietnam. Wait, let me think. I remember in Colombia and Vietnam, I think, and I believe he's looking at a third property in somewhere else, and somewhere in Central America or South America. Yeah, and then man. He's starting new Airbnb businesses. He, he's pretty hardcore, man. He's pretty hardcore Airbnb. He, he, he loves it. The Airbnb community loves him. I mean, it's great. Like, I'm so happy for him because it's, it's like when he goes to the Airbnb open, it's just awesome because everybody. I think they really appreciate what he does. They always give, you know, there was like, anytime people see him walking around, they're like, oh, we love your podcast. It's helping so much. It gave me the courage to do it or whatever it is. And, and, I, and I think it's, I think it's great. And definitely at this point, I think we wrote a really darn good book. I'm like, I'm so proud of that book. And we revised it in 2015 and beefed it up. We're probably going to do it again next summer so that it stays current with all the changes that are going on. But I definitely have to say at this point, the podcast, it's definitely overtaken uh, the, the book, for so, sure. So um, so what moment was that when you just said you just couldn't do it anymore? I mean, what episode was that, by the way? Oh, gosh. I can't remember now. I think there's around, I don't know, there's a lot of episodes now out for, for, the, for the Get Paid Peer Pad. But I believe it was, I think it was a year and a half ago or something like that or a year ago because... 
It's like what uh, my my business is called Scalar Learning, and I've been running it since 2013. So they're basically trying to run it, trying to begin it since 2013. And it was in 2015 that things finally started to connect on the tutoring side. And then, and as the tutoring side started to really finally take off or finally pick up to a point where I was so busy, I just, I had to pick my battles. I felt like it was one thing. I had to, I had to cut a number of things out that just focus just 110% on, on the business and growing all the different aspects. And now I'm even busier than I was before. It's just, it's crazy. And I have a podcast of my own that focuses on education and a big part of that is math education. So that's kind of where, where I had to leave it. But and, and, it's just been phenomenal. And we'd really like to pick your brain on that too, because uh, Micah and I—that's Micah, by the way—that yeah, was asking some questions earlier. He's my—he's my partner on the show. Yeah. <laughs> and so, because um, we, you know, we're really into Airbnb. I have an—I have one. I'm looking for—I'm looking to do uh, another one. Micah has mm-hmm. Micah has one out of he runs the Airbnb rooms out of his house. Plus, he has a timeshare, which he which he's able to like put like 160 some odd Airbnbs on there. And um, so, what are I guess we kind of have like similar goals. We want to get out of corporate America. We want to like um, be able to live off our Airbnb. And but we, you know we're gonna do it with with kids. We're gonna have we have kids. And we'd love to, we're very interested in doing like the homeschool route. So we won't be tied down to a school system. And um, I just, yeah, I wonder like, because yeah. you're all about education. I mean, that's your, that's your, that's your career. That's your passion. And um, yeah. so, so what do you think about the, the current state of homeschooling? There are so many great options for, for homeschooling and homeschooling effectively. It's, it's not a one size fits all. It also depends on the personality of your kids how they learn best. If, for example, your kids are the type of kids that really vibe with video tutorials, like I, I can tell you right now, and I, I'm also a full-time teacher now too, that's something I began a year and a half ago as well, which is why I'm so extraordinarily busy now in addition to everything I teach 40 hours a week. But if, if I look at the students in my pre class, for example, I have a video pre course and I'd say some of them love it and they watch every single video and they watch every single explanation video and, and it just helps them so much and they're just acing the test from that basis. Some of them, it's too much. They get bored with it. They don't want to watch the video. So it's, I think if, if for your children, if that's an environment that they love, they can dig into the video curriculum side or, or really be self-learners, self-starters, then I think it'd be great. Uh, some kids, I don't know, they like the standard teacher format where somebody speaks at the front of the room and whatever, that's the best way that they absorb information. But all I can say is there's phenomenal resources and it's obviously it's going to keep getting better and better, but right now it's such a great time with all these different online platforms and so much content out there. And I, the other thing I encourage is if you do try that, the beauty of the diversity that exists is, again, to allow your kids to find the right fit for them as far as an online tutor, an online teacher. They can basically pick and choose. It doesn't have to be we do all Khan Academy or we do all this. Like maybe you like Khan Academy for chemistry, you like this guy for math, for mathematics or something, and so on and so forth. And I think that's the that's the benefit of it. On top of that, there's companies, I've interviewed so many of these ed tech companies on my podcast. There's companies like Serigo who are literally building analytic systems right now to help online teachers craft the perfect curriculums and the perfect testing methodologies to really reinforce learning. And then you have other companies, like you have like uh, homework helping uh, 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 apps like 
think it's Socrates is one of them. I interviewed them, and there's just so many things where they can get additional help on the regular. So, yes, in short, I think it's a phenomenal time to give it a shot, but with the caveat that you need to be aware, you need to be monitoring it and be aware of how it's going to mesh with your individual children. So did you... What what drew you to the education route? Did you did you see like a a big flaw in the public school system? No, it was purely a. a when when I switched, I said I'm gonna I want to now do something that I intrinsically love and have a natural affinity for, and can find myself just digging into it. And when I'm when I was pondering what to do, I came. It boiled down to two things, and this is no joke. It sounds kind of weird, but the two things were either start an education tutoring company focused on math because I've always loved tutoring math, and I still did it as an attorney on the side pro bono, or start a doggy daycare, and that's because (laughs) I love dogs more than anything uh, as well in addition to math, and I decided to go with building an education business because it's something that I felt I could do, first of all, as a private tutor with no, no, to raise no money. I needed no physical building. I could just do it, go to homes, and so on and so forth. So that's why I went that direction. And it's funny because it ended up encapsulating the dog part. I can't tell you like how, how often I'm around all these awesome dogs and my clients. I don't know. It's, it's just sort of funny how it worked out. But that's why I chose it. And all the different things that I'm doing now, I never anticipated. I just thought I was going to run a straight-up tutoring company. And that was it. And then hired tutors beneath me. And I have done that. But the big part of the business model is now the online and video course side, my YouTube channel, my math music videos, all these different pieces of content that I never imagined four years ago. But it's just things that as I've immersed myself into this field, I just always see new opportunities to do different things. Like vocabulary, doing math music videos. I can do math music videos. So then I started doing them. I see these other guys making video courses. And that's when I started seeing like, wait a minute, they're, they're, yeah, they're good, they're fine, but there's room for improvement, I believe, that I can bring, so let me try it my way with my little touches and, and go from there, and that's how it's sort of developing. And now, really, it's, it's eventually going to be all about the online side, but I still, of course, am trying to keep all my, keep all my actual clients in there and work with them. Nice, nice. So um, bringing it back to Airbnb a little bit, um, did, did you have you actually done Airbnbs before? You own you own some or you started some? Yeah, I I, I was doing one out of my la- uh, my place last year, when was it? in two thousand and fifteen. I was renting out one of the extra bedrooms in my apartment in Los Angeles, and I did it for about a year, and it was cool. It was it was it was definitely great to have extra income. It was, I did find it for me personally, I just found it to be a little bit stressful at times because I put such pressure on myself. Always, I want to make sure they had a great time. That was, you know what I mean? It was just, it was just one of those things that as much as I loved it, how crazy my life has gotten with regards to my schedule and how busy everything is. It's just something that I wanted to remove for the time being. When I get a bigger place, I would definitely want to go back to doing it again. It's just right now, like I'm 110% focused on everything related to the things the ongoing of scalar learning. But when that when I had the opportunity, I would absolutely love to do it again. I met great people doing it. It was great passive income. I mean, you could say slightly passive, slightly active, but it was great income on the side, and, and I think it's a beautiful thing to encourage that type of sharing economy. What was your, because uh, you said you had one in L.A., right? What, what was your vacancy like? Like, were you always booked out there, or? 
it was pretty easy to stay booked up um, continuously because of where I lived. I lived, that was my old place. I was in West Hollywood in like a really, really great location. And I was able to like, you know, my prices were pretty competitive. So it was a fairly continuous stream. Like I was essentially um, making, I was almost making back my full rent by just renting out uh, one bedroom out of a two bedroom place. And I, and it was probably still like 65% of the time. Wow. That's awesome, man. Yeah, uh, one more cool. question. I, you guys said you reached up. You remember that point when you reached 5,000 downloads a month. Do you guys remember <laughs> like what episode number that was? Like when you guys know like, hey, we're moving. We get 5,000 downloads a month. Do you remember that? I can't remember. I know Yasser would remember it for sure. Because I remember, <laughs> I mean, I remember we talked about it, but. No, he would be the guy to ask him when exactly that inflection point hit. But that's the thing. I mean, the the main message, like the main thing that I feel like I've learned, the simple and sweetest lesson of all of this stuff is that when it comes to content creation, social media, podcast, YouTube, whatever it is, slow and steady wins the race. Find a schedule and stick to it and and, and just commit to the fact that it's going to take years. And I mean, my YouTube channel, same thing. I just passed, it's a, it's a small mark, but it's a big milestone for me. Like, I'm thrilled about it. I just passed 1,000 subscribers like two months ago, and now it's growing even faster and faster. And I'm, and I'm watching it, I'm like, I'm flipping out because it's just, it's just super exciting. And all it is is I've just been really regular with putting up content. And my content's not, I think it's good, but I don't think it's like unbelievable Paul Logan type of stuff, Logan Paul type of stuff where it's just like, you know, groundbreaking. But it's just that sticking to that schedule and, and being firm with it and not giving up, I, I think that's the overarching message. And I think it's a great message because it's not that complicated of a formula. Now, now was it um, – so you enjoyed podcasting, right? I mean, you enjoyed doing it? I love it. it. And so – um, and, you, and you got your own now. But, like, was it – Yeah. Was it hard to like to like leave that to just tell, tell, tell your buddy, Jasper, did you feel like you were letting him down or did you did – you, yeah. how, how did you feel? Sure. For sure. I mean, and he was really, he's so understanding about it. He's just like, hey, you know, I know you're getting pretty busy. Is this something, you know, do you still want to keep co-hosting or what do you want to do? And I was like, you know what, I think I'm just going to let you take it over. And yeah, it's hard because I felt like it was, it's a a quality show and it was, it was a great idea and I could see it building. I mean, I could see the community building around it, but it was, you know, and, and who knows, maybe it wasn't the best decision, but in at the end of the day, the way that I felt and the way that I still do feel today is I've had to cut out a lot of things that were sort of extraneous, but that were that were making a little bit of money here and there, but were outside of this business. And, and I think what it came down to for me is the way my personality is and the way I operate. I would just want it to be everything. I wanted everything to be all about education, every part of my day. And that's how my life is now. Whether it's working on my education podcast, my education YouTube channel, my Instagram, all education posts, whether I'm teaching at school, whether I'm tutoring, no, I feel like no moment is wasted towards one singular goal. And that having that in my life, and that's not for everybody, but having that for me, having that focus, that end focus, it just makes me feel really good and really on target. Oh, nice, nice. And um, what was it? What was I going to ask? Sorry, we got these questions here. 
you, you go, yeah, we just sit back and we're like, we start listening to you. You're like, man, you, you spit out so much info like at once. And we're like, and then we get like entranced. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> and then, um, so uh, back to the book, back to the book. So, so y'all wrote this, this book that you're both proud of and yeah. okay. It, it's, w- w- ah, the whole process, you write a book and you're like, and, and now what, you know, you find a publisher, you get it out there. How, how do you, how do you do that? How do you get it out there? Sure. Here's my recommendation too, by the way. So, so if you are going to, if you are interested in writing a book, it's so easy to throw it up on, on, um, Amazon yourself and just self publish. And I'm probably, because I'm, I'm in the process of writing a, a math-based book, a math education-based book, I'm just going to self-publish it and, and put it up on Amazon myself and promote it myself. But the way it worked for us was this. There's a publisher, but it's, this is a small publisher. It's called Lifestyle Entrepreneur Press. And it is our friend who runs it. And so when we had the idea to, run, to write this book, uh, or when Yasper, sorry, this is Yasper's brainchild. When he had the idea to write the book, he reached out to Jesse. His name is Jesse Krieger. And Jesse's like, this is awesome. Let's all go in. We'll be partners. I'll help you with this side. You know, so we all kind of had our roles. And then that's how, that's how that began. But I got it. It was like, God, it was just a cool, it was the coolest thing. Like, I, it, it, I, even when I think back on it now, it was so much fun. And I, I had no idea what I was doing, but, at the same time, I had done so much writing in my life as an attorney. It just kind of fit together. But but the way our process worked was Yasser had already been working through the structure of the book and all this and had put down a bunch of content. And then he passed it over to me. And then I got to, like, basically put my, you know what I mean, take take that, expand on it. Um, you know, you it's, it's a lot of my, my writing and my language because just, you know, that, and he afforded me that creativity because he's like, hey, listen, I'm bringing you on because he's like, I know you like to write. And I know you've been trained as a writer, so just go for it. Uh, and he gave me that style, stylistic creativity. And, and I think it, I spent like a good month and a half just writing, 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 adding, modifying, changing, update, you know, whatever. And then we had Jesse worked on the cover. We had hired a guy to get a cover. Anyways, it all came together and it was just, it was just a lot of fun. To, to then sit back and be like, "Well, we created this," and then the revamp when we revised it, we added in like sixty percent more content. We added a bunch more content, made it even more thorough. It's it's so much better than than the first version. I think the third version will be that much better too. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Writing a book is super fun. You ever thought of doing the audiobook version for it? We have an audiobook version. Really? Nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who read? Who read it? Uh, me and Jasper. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, we alternate chapters. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, like, I seen you were. Uh, you said your Airbnb was hard to manage or whatever, and it. Um, so I'm assuming you don't have a family, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have a family. I don't. I do not have a family. No, single. Oh. Okay, because I was wondering. Because the wife always makes it easier. <laughs> yeah, that would that would make it better for sure. Uh, and and I mean, and there was there are different. You know, I could probably give it another go, and and obviously there's so many services that you can use nowadays as well to to simplify the process. I mean, we include all those services in our book. It's just like I said, it's it's one of those things where it's just like everything else that I've decided to remove, so I can be pretty hardcore focused on one thing, and and that's why. And the other thing is for me too. My bedroom is my studio. Like I. 
I do all my uh, videos up there. I do all my music up there because I'm, I'm trying to, I crank out one mass music video about a month. And that's where I, ha I need absolute quiet and silence when I'm recording my songs and whatever. So it's just, it's just easy to have it like that. Oh, so what, what instruments do you play? Well, I mean, I play guitar and piano and, and I sing, but I, when I, when I make the tracks, I'm either licensing tracks through a website called BeatStars, which make, has amazing tracks, or I make the tracks myself in Logic Pro, just using, um, just using a, an amalgam of Apple, uh, Apple Loops, and then I just sing the vocals on top. And the last track that I just, I just released my last music video, I'll send it to you, it's on Long Division. But that one, I actually took an existing track, which I don't like to do because, you know, it's like in a gray area of copyright. There's a copyright exception for fair use. I believe I fall into that use. But, you know, it's just I'd like to be able to own the, the track at the end of the day. But every now and then, I don't know, if you, when you come across a song and you're just like, boom, it, when it hits you and you're just like, I, I know I can write an amazing song to this. And it's almost like the song is written before you even start writing any words. And that's what happened with this last track. And it's called By My Side by the Craze. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is a beautiful. I know I could write a, a killer song on top of this. So I took it and I did it. And it goes, the chorus is like this. Uh, if you remember the process for Long Division, it goes, We we divide, then we multiply, then we subtract, bring down, and we do it again. Uh, and then it repeats uh. one more time. But it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, I was just, and, and that chorus, it was like the chorus melody was already there in my head when I heard it the first time. I was like, oh, and it, oh, it, was, just, it was just one of those moments where it's a song that I'm super proud of. See, if if I had a teacher like you growing up teaching me long division, man, I would have been killing it, dude. Because I, <laughs> that, that, for real, that's how I, I learn, man. I love music. I love visual. I love, yeah, stimulating my mind kind of thing. Sitting there in a the classroom, just watching a teacher write on a chalkboard or dry erase board and having us write the same thing. And I, I just, yeah, it's not for me. Yeah, it's like. We, as children, we learn to songs like A, B, C, D, you know, and then like we get older, I guess teachers lose that creativity to keep, exactly. you know, and that's cool that you still implement that, man. That's pretty awesome. And that's what, and that's what I'm trying to say is that when you, it's just the bottom line is you make it fun, it's more engaging and you remember more and, and you want to be there more. And that's what I try and do. And the, uh, you're right. It's like our, we lose for whatever reason, it gets lost in the shuffle as kids get older. That's the, the video course I'm working on right now. I'm revamping my SAT course. That's for like 11th graders. It's gonna have it's gonna have, I think, 12, 11 or 12 math music videos in my SAT course. So it'll be the first ever full on, and it's got everything else that you need practice, like 700 practice problems, all sorts of video tutorials, and everything else that that it had before. But then I'm adding in all my math music videos targeted into these categories. So that even older kids can have it. If they don't like it, they can skip the math music videos. But just to, just give that variety so people can learn the way they want to learn. I actually, the cool thing about that is my ninth grade math teacher, he actually used to bring his guitar to class and sing after we, after, like right before the bell rings. And it made his class more engaging. You're right. It yep. does. Very yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so just for our um, fans, listeners out there, you, we, we talk mostly about Airbnb, but we're really, you know, it, it's also share economy. You know, if they read the fine print, it's share, <laughs> share economy also. And in a way, you know, this, this education stuff that you're doing, 
it is. I mean, it, it is a part of the share economy. You're out there putting this this really great um, videos and learning materials out there for. It's that really helps, man. That's awesome. There's another aspect of the tutoring world that is very similar to Airbnb, which you guys may not be familiar with, and it is the sharing economy in a nutshell. It's a website called Wiseant, and I encourage you to check it out, especially if you're interested in homeschooling, because how do you, you spell that? The, Wiseant. W Y Z. A-N as in Nancy, T as in Tom. And it is, where, it's basically how I got my start and got all my first clients. And still, actually, I still get clients this way through Wiseant. It's an online platform for tutors. So you no longer have to go to tutoring companies. Or for a tutor like me, I no longer have to go and work for Kaplan where they bill me out at $100 an hour and they pay me $20 an hour. They bill me out 150 and they pay me $40 an hour. Instead, I can set my own rate. And in, and, and it's amazing, too. It's the same thing. You get reviews. You get ratings on every appointment. You do a good job. You work hard. I started, my rate when I started was $40 an hour on, on Wiseman. And But you can raise it to whatever you want. And then it's just dictated by demand, supply and demand, right? But you you can make your own tutoring business on this platform. And it's incredible. And it's only growing. So it's, it's so cool. Like that's how when I, I had such a hard time getting clients that first year, it was so difficult. And it was, it was finally when I really started to spend time working on my profile and why and engaging with people, reaching out to people through that platform and figuring out that I need to drop my price to like $40. Maybe I even started at 30. I can't remember now, but figuring that out is huge. And then now I don't have to be, it, working for some random tutoring company and ha- have them take a huge chunk. It's online. And it's, it's amazing. You should definitely check it out. Can anybody be a tutor? You have to get all the you know specifications or degrees and stuff like that? Anybody can be a tutor. However, on Wisevent, for the subjects you want to tutor, they make you take a quick test on each subject. Nothing major, though. As long as you know the material, you can go up. I have no education degree. I don't have a master's in education. I don't have an undergraduate in education. In fact, I'm not even allowed to teach in a public school. The only reason why I'm able to be a teacher right now is because it's at a private school, and it happened really, it's an amazing, most beautiful private school I've ever seen called Seven Arrows in Palisades in in, uh, L.A., and I was tutoring so many of their kids, and I started to get to know the the founder of the school and a lot of the teachers, and that's how the opportunity arose. And it it was never part of my plan to teach because it's such a massive endeavor, et cetera, but when they offered it to me and they kind of explained everything to me and, and they understood fully of what I'm trying to do and how busy I am, I was like, you know what, let me try it for a year. And it was so much fun. Anyways, I did it again. But yeah, I have I have no teaching credentials but private schools that can kind of do whatever they want. That's wow. awesome, man. That's And that's how it should be. I mean, it should be the, the person who's best at something out there, you know, sharing and teaching or whatever, not just because what a piece of paper says that you are, you can do, you know? Teaching seems to be your passion. That's awesome. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Teaching, and special specifically, strangely enough, teaching math. I've taught other things before that are, like, all right and that are pretty fun. Um, but I don't know what it is about teaching math. I just don't, I don't know why I love it so much. I think I, I think I can kind of explain it. Part of it is because every time I teach math, I get to go through and solve the problems myself which I really enjoy. Like, I find it almost as if it's similar to a game. So that's part of it. Plus, for whatever reason, math is something that you can have, you can literally take somebody in an hour from being completely baffled and confused 
having complete comprehension by the end of that hour. And it's so it's such instant gratification. It's a little tougher to do that in with re, way tougher to do that in terms of reading or other skills that I think take a bit more practice and routine to develop. And so you didn't, and, and that's that's crazy because you were uh, you were a lawyer, right? Is that what it was? That's right. And and, and, journey, yep. and, and so, you, did you use math a lot as a lawyer, or not really? No, no. Now, I mean, I was a, a patent attorneys were technical attorneys, so I represented all a lot of different technology companies, memory device manufacturers. One of the firms I worked for, we did a lot of work for Apple, and yeah, it's technical in terms of like I had to use I had an engineering degree in computer science. So I needed knowledge of circuitry and whatnot to understand what the patents were saying. Math, per se, not really. It, it's just something that always stuck with me, though, because it was my favorite subject growing up. And I just, for, for whatever reason, remembered a lot of it. Had to relearn a lot, too. Don't get me wrong. But I was able to just kind of start. I remember when I first started tutoring, I was kind of following in the footsteps of one of my buddies from law school. who He started a tutoring company straight out of law school. And by the time I was ready to do it, he, had, he was pretty successful by that point. He had built up a decent company in Seattle. And I remember I was like, so what's my first step? Should I go take a bunch of math classes at a local community college or something and, and get my skills solid? He's like, no, nah, you don't need to do any of that. Like at the end of the day, being a good tutor and launching a successful tutoring company, it's about one thing above all else. And that one thing is personality and connection. He's like, if you, if you basically, he's like, knowing you and knowing how, how you like people and all this stuff, he's like, it's gonna, it's gonna take shape naturally, and the math, you'll, it'll come about as you, as you work, as you kind of, as you get students and as you get time to ask you questions, you'll start remembering and learning everything. And he was totally right; it was totally true. So, so your first, as a tutor, you you um, teach one kid at a time. You teach several kids at a time. I'm experimenting with different models. It's primarily one at a time, but I'm starting to do some groups as well. I've done groups in the past. They've they worked fine. It just depends on different people's needs. I'm even starting uh, Sunday workshops where I have like five to ten kids at once. I'm just running around like a crazy man back and forth, uh, which is super fun. But I, it's basically like, hey, come hang out. And it's, a, it's not as intense as like standard tutoring sessions. It's like, come and do your homework here. But if you have questions, I'll be around and I can walk around and answer questions. And I'm going to start bringing my other tutors in to answer questions as well. But that's more of a community thing where I I do it for free and just to give people a place to study and have somebody that's excited about math to help them with math. So you you still live live in L.A., right? Yes, Santa Monica. Okay. And you said you do 40 hours a week. So are you doing, like, online or are you actually in front of a class teaching? I'm in front of the class teaching, so I'm at school for 40 hours a week, and then every day I tutor between four to six hours. Like Monday through Thursday, I got four to six hours. And then I'd say Saturday and Sunday, I'm usually tutoring another 10 hours over the weekend. Uh, so it's so between the tutoring and the teaching, it's already a lot of hours. And then every spare second beyond that in the morning, like I wake up really early. I wake up around 4.30 every day. Wow. And then that, that morning time, is where I get the other pieces in order. If I have to do a live stream for my YouTube channel, I have to work on my music. Like last week, I shot a music video. And I shot it, recorded it, shot it, and released it within a week. So it was just one of the craziest weeks I've ever had. Uh, not getting a lot of sleep, spending every second, spare second I had working on the music, or filming, editing, etc. And and that's kind of that's kind of how it goes. It's 
like I said, I'm fully in. Minimum hundred hours a week is what I work. Wow, but and and so you're some you're submerged in your passion, and that and that fuels you. That keeps you going, right? Hundred percent. And the other thing is, because I'm such an extrovert, the beautiful thing about the teaching and the tutoring side, one, I, I'm constantly learning and experimenting and honing my craft. The other thing about being a tutor as opposed to being a teacher is I get to see teaching styles from all, like, 10, 15 different schools at a time every day in, across the board. What is this teacher doing? What is that teacher doing? Oh, this is fascinating. Oh, I never knew this method. So I'm constantly learning. But the other part is I'm interacting with students, and that actually charges me up. So even though I'm working these crazy long hours because I'm in front of a classroom, then I'm in front of my students on a one-on-one basis, all that gives me a lot of energy and, and not only energy, just happiness. It's one, one thing about the practice of law, which I think people don't realize is when you work for these really big firms, and especially when you're doing litigation, like I was in patent law, you're not in front of the judge, or you're not, it's not like it's portrayed on TV for criminal attorneys and things like that. I'm in my office and I'm reading and I'm writing the vast majority of the day doing document review. Very little time is spent with other people, and it was just a terrible fit for my yeah, personality. Yeah. You know? Soul crushing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right. Here's one thing I, I, I always think about, and you always hear about, because we listen to, um, me and Michael listen to a lot of um, investing podcasts or um, real estate podcasts, stuff like that. And and the one and one thing always someone always points out about the school system is they, they don't teach anything about finance. And they don't teach, any, yeah, and, and of course not real estate, not investing, finance, anything like that. And so many people have screwed up finances because of that, I think. And how do you see that changing or are you going to be a part of that changing, teaching kids about, you know, financial or fiscal responsibility, um, investing, stuff like that? There's an app. I just interviewed these guys on my podcast a month ago. I think it's called Penny Owl. Uh, I think it's Penny Owl or something like that. I'll, I'll have to I'll have to look it up, but they they are there are people that are well aware of the problems with financial literacy and are trying to develop apps to to just keep kids aware of why they should save, what are they what what they can how they can invest in these in property, whatever it may be, and what's the importance of it, why you should have a 401k, things like that. And I definitely would love to be part of it. My little contribution thus far is I wrote a song, I wrote a rap song on compound interest and nice. the formula and how it's used and the difference between that and simple interest, just for fun. But yeah, I would absolutely love to. Cause I mean, that's a, that's a huge connection to math as well. Uh, but it's a major problem. And the funny thing is, when I talked to the CEO of, like I said, I'm blanking on the exact, is it Penny Owl or Penny? I can't remember exactly, but. I'll have to look it up and send it to you. Uh, when I was talking to him about the app, he said, well, what are, what are most of your clientele? Is it, I assume it's, is it maybe the, the really well, well to do because then they might be very worried about their kids squandering cash when they inherit it. He said, actually, it's, it runs the gamut. Those parents are concerned and the parents with a few resources or with, with, like you said, messed up finances. They're also concerned and they want to make sure their kids don't make the same mistakes. Cool, cool. That's awesome. So, um, if you mind, if I ask you personally, what how how do you set up your personal investments? I mean, are you into real estate? Are you into stocks, bonds, maybe Bitcoin? I use I do a little Bitcoin. I used <laughs> to invest in, uh, in in the stock market, and now I 
to be dead honest, I put everything I can back into my business. It, I, I, my business expenses are very high because to me at this point, with what I'm doing, I, I, I just believe in it 100%. I believe it will build and build and build. And I think it's going in the right direction. And, and that's how I look at it. I talk to my dad about this sometimes. My dad is, my dad loves to invest in the stock market. And he's, he's like as passionate about that as I am about my business. And, and that's what I tell him. And I, I think if most people would not find that to be a smart, a smart path necessarily, it's not a, not a quote unquote safe investment, but to me, at least where my mind, my frame of mind is, it's just, to me, I, I just, I, so I, I'm so certain it will work eventually. I just don't know when, but that's kind of why I put everything back in whenever possible. Well, that's that's cool. Um, you mentioned bit. Uh, well, we said Bitcoin earlier. You do you do invest mm-hmm. a little bit into Bitcoin. A little what, bit into Bitcoin. Yeah. What the hell is Bitcoin? Cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> I invest. I, I have some Bitcoin because one of my friends was was just yelling at me to get some. And my buddy Andreas, and so I, he had some, and it was literally not a lot of thought went into it, and I trusted him, and I just, and I got some, and it did go up, but it's, it's not like a major <laughs> investment strategy for me by any means. Oh, okay, cool. I thought, I thought maybe, yeah. maybe you could give us the math perspective on this, this crazy balloon that's swelling up that is called Bitcoin. I can, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot, sadly. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, um, you got any more questions? We're, I'm, I'm, it, it, we're just processing all this. You're throwing it at us, and it's like, wow, this is so cool. I mean, yeah, you, man, you're cause, an engine. Because you started off, I mean, on, on a, we thought we were going to go this whole Airbnb route with this show, and you and Jasper, you know, doing the Airbnb thing, and and you just, and, but you you you're doing your what your passion is, and that's what our show, that's what we promote. We want people, whatever their passion is. I mean, if they if they get into Airbnb, cool. They the share economy, cool. But just follow, you know, what they want to do. And like you said, you're putting in a hundred hours, but it's just hours that towards um, something you love and you're passionate about, and, that, and and that just that's just awesome. Well, I feel the same way, I, and that's why I do it. I have no social life, and I wouldn't want it any other way at this point, which I would have never said two years ago. But it's just. <laughs> how it's worked out and and i'm still super happy but i have said this before too i'm like i love my life and i will still say even as crazy as my last year was, it was the best year this last year was the best year of my life and i however if you switched some anybody else most almost anybody else on this planet into my body the last year it would have been like a nightmare you know what i mean but that's how it is <laughs> Now, now I know um, Jasper, man. He's like every every week he's in a different city or country on the planet, right? And um, yeah. do you see? Do you ever see yourself as uh, as venturous as him, or kind of, you know? And t- but using but taking that uh, your your teaching with you, you know, go teach in China, go teach in London or Paris, or do you see yourself doing something like that in the future? I would potentially do. I'm not like Jasper in that respect. I mean, I, I used to. I used to love to travel, but in the last two years, I've barely traveled. But that's again because because of how I've had to spend my time, and it's just so much easier to get stuff done when you're when you're just in one place and you're not traveling and you've got all your resources. So that's from at this point, I'm not interested so much in in essentially 
being you know being on the move consistently. It's not something that interests me anymore. But would I love to one day, as this continues to grow, as I write a book, as as I can start to maybe give some lectures or, or help other teachers around the world, create video curriculum, be more enthusiastic, do other things. I would love to go and and help and and teach other people how to be good at math and feel confident and comfortable. I would love to do that anywhere and everywhere. But I think that at the end of the day, my main my main goal is to stay in one place, whether it continues to be L.A. or whether it be anywhere else, who knows, maybe even Detroit where I'm from uh, one day. But I stay in one place where I can really build a base and a foundation and really start, start getting some centers going and, and things like that. That's what I envision that would make me really excited is just, be in one place where it's most conducive to continuing that path. So my question is this: uh, like, cause we, we were me and Steve were talking about this before the show started. You said you're originally from Detroit. How the mm-hmm. heck did you and Jasper link up and do all this? Like, how how'd you guys <laughs> link up? You know what I mean? Because yeah, Jasper's from all the way over there, and you're from Detroit. How did that happen? I went to law school in Chicago, and when I was in law school in my last year, Jasper moved to Chicago for his company, Optiver. And one of my buddies from undergrad was also working at Optiver, and he introduced us. And I was like, oh, this guy's cool. It was back then, we, used to, we were both like, I mean, Jasper still is, but not me so much anymore. Uh, we were big party animals, so we got along <laughs> right away. And then we were going clubbing and stuff in Chicago together. And then we, we kind of became buddies. Then he came to visit me in D.C. We got we became better buddies, and then before I knew it, we started we started taking all these trips around the world, to like Brazil and Thailand, and I don't know. We just we just started doing a lot of traveling and partying together, and that's how it's just that's that's just how the friendship grew, and that's how we got so close. Jasper is just he's basically like one of the most loyal guys you'll ever meet, uh, and just a good guy. I, I think, and we have we have a lot of similar values and perspectives and I think that's how we just got along so well and then when it when he re, when he wanted to write the book I think he just reached out to me because well one I think it, I mean he did he did value my my writing but he, I mean I also think he reached out to me because he knew he could trust me and vice versa you know it's just one of those things you want to be careful when you partner with somebody but it was no question with us a, a quick cool thing about um Jasper about because you said how loyal how you know yeah, he's he's generous too, of course. He um like he this, he has this huge podcast, right? And um yeah. and we're and we and we love it. We're we're big fans. That's what got us started on ours, you know. And um yeah. and and we were like in episode what three or four or five? I don't remember. Yeah, just started. It was it was starting out, and 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 I caught and I texted uh, Mike. I was like, hey, dude, I got Jasper for an interview, and he's like, what? <laughs> And so the, the thing is, I just, I just, ah, let me, let me try to reach out to him and boom, boom, boom. And I sent him a message. He said, sure, I'll be, sure, I'll be on your show. And, er, that was a bad accent. But anyways, <laughs> and that, on my part. And, um, and, and he, and he came on our show and, and he, yeah, he said, we went like well over an hour. And he was just like, you know, whatever we wanted to know, we just asked him. He was an open book. And, and um, it was really cool, and, 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 you know, because we, we were kind of starstruck. Because like, oh, shoot, this is Jasper. And so, and, um, and so, and we've reached out to other, other hosts of other shows that aren't as big as his. And, and they've told us things like, well, um, how many followers do you have? Because, you know, my time is kind of, you know, limited. And I don't want to just do a show where there's not enough 
reason to do it. I don't want to name anybody, but it was it was just like that. I'm like, so this dude, Jasper, has this, this huge show, but he still takes time to hop on other people's shows, and that's really cool. And it's really cool. I mean, you're going like a, a madman, 100, 100 hours a week, and you took time to, to do our show, and re- we really appreciate that, man. That's that's cool. Definitely. Oh, yeah, of course. I love any chance to... To, I won't pass up an opportunity. Yes, it's the same way. No matter what, just to get an interview, just to get another opportunity to talk to somebody about what we're doing because it's the same thing for both of us. We both love what we're doing, and, it, and, it's, and it's fun. And it's also, you never know. I mean, it's all, I think it's always a worthwhile thing. And I have a similar story, too. There's another guy that I just interviewed. I, you know, my podcast, I mean, we're reaching out to people all the time, and some people are asking different questions about analytics, but not so down and then i had james prime which if you i don't know if you ever watched the channel number file on youtube but it's the biggest math channel out there it's got two million subscribers kind of like one of you know because of that he's like one of the most famous mathematicians for my for my my scalar learning podcast i've been running it for a year and you know it's doing okay but it's he just immediately writes back yeah man of course let's do it let's set it up and he was just such a fun guest it's really cool people are looking for like that and you know this guy you know yes but they're doing a lot of things but they're willing to do it and I think that's great that is awesome dude you're they're all paying it forward we're all paying it forward you know yeah. and so and so we're glad that you that you were able to come by or <laughs> stop by or hit us up where, where were you driving to by the way man you said you were so, to do the interview. so, so i'm in michigan for the holidays oh, and cool. it's sort of a ritual to the wednesday before to meet up with my one of my other best friends so his name is Tim, and I ju- I'm actually in front of his house right now, waiting to what ready right to go in. But we always we like to meet up and catch up. And he's like, he's been running a he's got a drywall business in Michigan. I've been running my thing. We we haven't really connected much in the last few months. So I'm gonna go in. We're gonna I think go out a little bit and catch up. And yeah, it should be great. Hey, yeah, uh, you, you're in Detroit, right? Suburbs of Detroit. Like uh, if you're familiar with West Bloomfield. What what part? West Bloomfield. Oh, okay. Because um, I'm actually going up there in, I think, January, and this guy is trying to get me to buy some real estate out there. Uh, is it worth it? I heard Detroit's up and coming again. It's so up and coming, dude. Detroit is awesome right now. I, I mean, you didn't grow up here, so I guess you don't, you may not know. But it's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff happening. It's just the beginning. There's so much really being invested in the city. It's a very history place now, like a very cool place to be. And yeah, it's dope. I, I, like I'm, I'm 25 minutes outside of the city and where I grew up. But um, yeah, I mean, the last time I went down, a lot of times when I come home, I'm mostly with my family, so I don't go out that much and go to downtown anymore. But when I do, it's, dude, it's, it's dope. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, because I have a buddy, he's buying houses for like five thousand dollars and. <laughs> he's oh, he's telling me to get up there, so I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, it's gonna change very soon. So, because everything has been going up, places in Michigan have been jumping up hardcore in the last in the last like eight months. Wow, wow. Hey, did, did you ever yeah. celebrate Queen's Day with Jasper? No, but I always see his pictures. He goes back to Amsterdam and like the parties that he's on. Yeah, yeah, that's where they all get dressed up in orange and paint their hair orange and stuff, right? Isn't that? Yeah, exactly. There's some Dutch exactly. dudes at my school. You know, back in college, that was fun. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Well, th- well, thank you so much for taking uh, time out of your busy schedule and um, on your vacation, even to to hit us up and and uh, give an awesome interview. I mean, our minds are blown over here. It was awesome. 
Cool. I'm so glad. Thank you, guys. And yeah, let me know when this is out. I want to check it out. Yeah, so let me know like a, a website people could um, look, could find you or look up your, your sure. stuff. It's it just go to uh, my company website, scalarlearning.com. So that's S-C-A-L-A-R and then the word learning.com. Scalarlearning.com. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that's uh, thank you, Huzefa Kapadia. Cool name, by the way. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, Micah, anything to add? That's it, man. Thank you for being on. I'm definitely headed to your hometown. <laughs> awesome, man. I hope you like it as much as I do. All right. Hope so. All right. Take care, man. Thanks. All right. Yep. Take it easy, guys. Bye. That was Huzefa Kapadia. Good guy, man. Smart guy. Got Smart. To, man. Diving deep into his passion. That's what's up. And that's and that's what I dig about our show. I mean, like we, I mean, we didn't have any. Um, I mean, we write show notes, right? You know, hey, we're gonna ask them this, and this, and this, this. And it's always funny like, when we do interviews because, like, a third, uh, third of the way down, sometimes half the way down, and we we stop even looking at the questions because, like, we're totally off in a different direction. Turns and, into a conversation. Yeah, and and I'm I'm sorry that if some of our listeners are like, wow, you know, education or this and that, you know, I. This is a, I thought it was an Airbnb podcast, and um, but it it is it's an Airbnb podcast, but it's about the share economy, and it's about we we cover things in real estate, we cover things um, investing, um, it, yeah, it's 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 whatever the show wants to be that day, and um, and, and and of course education is um, hey. That's what the show is, kind of. <laughs> We're kind of educational show. Big part is education. Yeah, so it's cool that the the show went in that direction. That there's so there's there's people that are actually passionate still about educating. And I remember I remember high school, and there was there was. It seemed like the ones that the teachers that had checked out outnumbered the ones that were passionate about teaching in my high school well, when I went. It Still to. is, man. It's the public school system. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to always be like that. It's just like everyone else. You have to think of it like a job. Yeah. Not everyone's passionate about it. I mean, a guy who went to school for mechanical engineering, how many mechanical engineers are still passionate about it? You know, some are, some aren't. So right. you have to look at things like that as a job. And, you know. And and, and, and that's what, I guess, uh, go ahead. No, the, the share economy of it. That's what I like what he said. There's a share economy for teachers out there. Those people that are willing to put themselves on a board, teach people, that's that. Then you're going to find those people that are passionate about it again. Not everyone wants to sit in college for X amount of years to get this teaching degree. Like he doesn't have enough degree to do it, but he's passionate about it. He posts himself, and he has a great time doing it. You and know? that and that was the most mind blowing part of it all is yeah. that he he's not uh, he doesn't have his bachelor's or master's in education mm-hmm. yet he's this um motivated teacher that's actually getting paid well oh, i mean uh, yeah. he said it at least 40 cuz that's he he said he had to lower his asking rate when he first started to 40 so i don't who knows what it was before that yeah. but and um maybe it's higher now T- to um yeah, to be to be teaching these kids, and I, and I did see one of his videos. Really cool. His kids, mm-hmm. inter, he's interacting with the kids. They're doing division. They made the the fun video and stuff like that, and um, getting paid to do something he loves. Even though he didn't get he didn't go sit in there and get the the, the required teaching degree that you need to teach at public schools, he yeah. did it his way, and he's teaching, and kids are learning, and I I bet his kids have a higher success rate than um, just putting of them course. under the chair. In a public school and 
you know, parents saying, see you later, you know, hope you learned something in there. <laughs> exactly. That's how it works, man. And so that's what, um, and that's, that's inspiring because we do talk about homeschooling on this show. We've, a lot. We've spoke about it before a lot. And the, to us, that correlates to freedom. You know, teaching because we want to. We we still want our freedom. We don't want to be told that hey, the kids the kids have you know these two months off in the summer, and then Christmas, and then boom, that's when y'all can do your things with your kids. Screw that! I want to go take my kid to Paris tomorrow. You know, I don't want I don't want the public school system to tell me what to do and how to raise my kids. Oh, your kid, you know, could your kid missed a week? Well, we're gonna throw you in jail. You know, the truancy, blah blah blah. I mean, I mean, the government. Are, see here we go I'm on tangent again <laughs> government already tells us so many different ways to do every single thing in our life every aspect of our life and then they want to they want to tell us how to, to raise our kids and, and yeah well yeah. whatever I'm sorry I went off on a tangent no, that's how the game goes man <laughs> it's good old America for you yeah good old uh, America anything to add on, you, you want to throw some Airbnb at them real quick let's you know throw a little yeah, our fans that hung in there through the I mean, oh no no you had the Airbnb thing that I was <laughs> asking about because you seem like you were uh... <laughs> oh i don't give a is yeah, that the one yeah. you're you're talking about all right i'll tell you real quickly um i got another oh, oh huh? my thing was about the turo thing you were saying oh yeah i just the more i think about turo <sighs> the more i think it's it's um i don't think i don't think it's a good business model as it stands right now you know it's taken off right is it taking off? Well, there yeah. you go. Then maybe <laughs> maybe I was I totally I just had one experience with Turo. Maybe I'll give it a couple more chances. You talking about your experience in, in South, South Padre, Padre with that right? POS car that I got, and and then um, yeah, they were late picking me up and all the stuff. They weren't there when I turned them back in. Yet they be they were. I turned it in a day early. Yeah. Hey, they could have ran out another day. And still they hit up Turo to get their $3 in tolls from me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> After yeah, all yeah, that yeah. crappy experience I went through. So I was just, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, because we were actually talking about Turo today because my buddy from New York, he says he uses it now. And I was like, dang. And he's like, yeah, man, everyone's starting to use it. And I've seen some people from back home starting to use it. I was like, yeah, it's, it's on its way. Okay. Um, I mean, the part that you had was more on the host Instead of the actual platform, I think, I think Airbnb has issues as far as its platform, especially with those new updates they put out and everyone's pissed off about on the community center. (laughs) 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 But yeah. So yeah, that was just my, cause I, oh, I put on there, I got a new G ride, which I'll show you the car. We got a a Buick Enclave. Oh, you got a new car? Yeah, I got a Buick Enclave. 2012. Hey, I'm not trying to to break the bank here. We got a good deal on a 2012 Buick Enclave. It's beautiful. My wife loves it. Hey, honey. (laughs) So in other words, I didn't get a new car. My wife got a new car. Yeah, my mom has it. She has a Buick Enclave. It's like a 2010-ish. It's close to the same. Right, right. And you know know why I got it? Why? And this is, and this is. Marketing is always whispering in our ear, right? Always, 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 always. Yeah. And it sh- as it should be. I mean, us, we got to market ourselves. We should wear just LLT shirts all the time, every day. My wife said that while we were on the cruise. <laughs> she said we should have LLT and Artist Vacation shirts right now. <laughs> and she, like, got on stage and did karaoke and talked about the podcast before the song really? on the <laughs> in front of the entire cruise ship. <laughs> People are like, what? Yeah, if you get a few momis- mimosas in you and get some liquid courage. Hey, but, yeah. 
Like, yeah. So, um, no, but I was saying what, what happened, why, why, I liked, why I liked the Enclave out of all weird. Yeah. I would ever like an Enclave. And it's like what it is, a Buick, like a SUV type, you know, car. But it's like a little higher end, you know, SUV. Yeah. So, anyways, I, um, I, had, uh, I had bought my Trailblazer. I bought, you know, I buy cars, buy them used. You save a buttload of money, right? Yeah, and so I bought I bought it used about I don't know five six years ago something like that and um and what and I bought it at this dealership that that's a Buick dealership whatever they had a used car there I bought it and so I had it for a couple of days check engine light comes on I was like hey man I just got this I got this you know you know trailblazer from you oh don't worry bring it back we'll fix whatever's wrong with it and we'll give you a free loaner car you know blah blah blah. And so um, I did that, and one of the loaner cars that gave me was this badass, brand new Buick Enclave. You know, just like whoa, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just and they do that crap on purpose, so it gets it in our brain. So next time we go buy one, we, we have I want that one that I drove that yeah. that badass you know car that I can't afford. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> and so that just always stuck in my head. And so when the time came recently. Um, we were thinking about getting a car, you know, got the baby, getting a little safer, you yeah. know, upgrade a little bit. And so that always stuck in my head. And I just started looking them up, found one close by, got a good deal. Happened, my buddy's friend actually worked there, so we got a really good deal. Oh, and yeah. so, um, yeah, we got our enclave. And I thought about it for half a fraction of a second. Wow, this is nice. This is like I could Turo this and make some. No, 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 no. Screw Turo. I still thought about that experience, that bad taste in my mouth about Turo. And, um yeah. And I guess, and I guess to me, I just think I was thinking, well, the only people that are going to make money on Turo are people that have those kind of cars, those low end POS cars, you know. And that was just in my head that I was thinking that that's the only way it makes sense because I wouldn't want to Turo this out and have someone have random people coming and ragging my car out, you know. Oh yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. Light up Never a cigarette mind. in it to get it all smelling like smoky and just I just I just thought about that. I like yeah. I love my car. I don't want people to ruin it. And I don't think, um, yeah, that's it. That was that was my little F Turo. <laughs> <laughs> but the other, the other um, funny, I guess the funny. I always write these stupid show. My, my show notes are pretty humorous sometimes. I wrote um, another four star review because I didn't allow a washer and dryer use. I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> And I started laughing, ha 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 ha. But 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 what happened? That was a that was a guest who you know same thing. They were you know they'd ask me questions and they were engaging and I and I talked to him and and I told him where everything was and 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 like you told me, I guess people never read the the whole description, right? Nope. And 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 that's what I, that's what I wonder. And and Airbnb, you put on there. What places that they can, you know, what's places in the house that they're allowed access to? And, of course, I put the bedrooms, the bathrooms, the living areas. I didn't put garage. You know, they're not allowed and people aren't allowed in the garage. No one's asked until this, this, this one guest. And when they, um, and he said, yeah, I'm bringing this and that. You know, uh, we're coming from California and we're going to bring a couple motorcycles and this and that. We're doing this ride, blah, blah, blah. And um, and we're bringing a, a camper, and we're gonna be five of us, or five or six people, you know. And so, and with a baby and all this stuff, you know. And I'm, cool, cool, yeah. And they're getting a good deal, you know. They're not gonna find hotels this cheap with all the space they need to park and all that. Yeah. And so, the day before, he asked me, "Hey, um, so I don't, I didn't see that the 
garage is uh, part of the deal, but is it cool if we use the garage to park my motorcycles in? And so I'm like, <laughs> I made it clear that they couldn't, you know? Yeah. And so um, I was like, yeah, no, I got, um, I got, I use it for storage right now. So uh-huh. it, yeah, right now I'm not, maybe in the future I might start letting people use the garage, but right now, no, I just use it for storage. Oh, okay. No problem. No problem. I said, but there's, there's a big driveway. You can park them there. And I even told him right down the street, you can get at the hardware store, you can get some tarps and, you know, or um, so what are they called? The the blue um, the covers, you yeah, know, that you buy, them. you have tarp, whatever. And you can, you can cover them up real good right there. And they only cost a few bucks. And oh, okay, yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, no, no worries, no worries. So, yeah, I made it clear that the garage is off limits. And so, um, and of course, there's, I didn't put on my listing that there's a washer and dryer either, mm-hmm. right? I didn't want people using my washer and dryer. Not yet. Not until I get everything set up like I want to. Yeah. And so, anyways, um, a couple of days pass after they leave. Oh, thank you so much. We enjoyed it. It's a great house. Your beautiful house, blah, blah, blah. A couple of days pass. I said, hey, uh, you mind um, sending me a, putting me a review? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, yeah, we'll put a review. And so, um, they put a review. There's a great house, beautiful house. And he put on their... Uh, <laughs> I guess if you go look at my reviews, you can find it. But he put on there, yeah, well, you know, well, I'm a, I'm kind of a big man, so, so the beds that were, they were kind of too soft for me, so I ended up having to sleep on the sofa, which was cool, which was okay, and um, plus I get, he put it like he put it like this. He goes, plus you know the there was it would have been nice to be able to use the washer and dryer. But I'm sure he had a. They had a good reason why we couldn't use the washer and dryer. <laughs> like what the? How, how many days did he stay? <laughs> no, he stayed. They stayed Monday through Friday. They stayed five days. Mm-hmm. I know you're cut off seven days, right? Well, I'll, I'll give him five. Five, five days. If you do five, I'll let you use it. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of a long time without a washer and dryer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that is kind of a long time without one. But yeah, I mean, is, but he left you what a four star, a four star review. Yeah, because of no washer and dryer. You but which they came in. To, see, that's the thing. That's they my knew. whole point. They came in knowing that there's no washer and dryer to use. Yeah, they don't read. Which I, uh, people listening, y'all want to stay at the art house? Maybe in the future, I'll have I'll have that up and running. You know, uh, whatever. And, and if you're an Airbnb guest, please read the listings. <laughs> Seriously, man. Read the listings, man. <laughs> Read the listings. So I Please. got it. Oh, man. I got hit with another four-star. That's two four-stars. Most of them are fives. Uh, you know, this is the trippy part about it all. Airbnb will refund a guest out of your money if one of the amenities you say isn't there. Like, let's say, like one time, a swimming pool wasn't available for a guest. They refunded the guest, but they said, hey, we're going to cover it this time because one you're a good host two it was available but it was shut down at the time so they will refund them out of your money this she said but in the future we will refund them out of your money if the amenity isn't available right Right, okay so what's the what's the consequence for a guest leaving a review saying hey there was no washer and dryer but the washer and dryer is in the listing there needs to be equal consequence right 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 that is where vrbo Kills Airbnb is on customer service. Destroys Airbnb on customer service. I will admit, Airbnb has the platform. Customer service, if you get on their community center, if you get on any platform, like any forum, everyone says Airbnb's customer service sucks, especially the host. (laughs) It's getting bad, but hopefully they improve it. 
Yeah, but VRBO, yeah. you can call them, have them on the phone in a flash, and they kind of like to play the middleman. Sometimes they'll they they kind of play equal sides for the host and the guest. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. But Airbnb, yeah, yeah you, all you, about the guests, huh? Airbnb. It, it's yeah, it seems to be all in the guest favor. And I was reading a post today, and a guy said that he goes every time it's a problem with Airbnb, I'm a host. I got to jump through hoops. And I was like, yeah, I agree with you. It's true, man. You know. And, Hopefully that, it gets better. That, that's one thing I what, what kind of blew my mind was when Jasper um, uh, said the other week. He said, "Oh, the deposit, like a like let's say you put a two hundred fifty dollar deposit or five hundred deposit, you worry about people ruining the place. It's really not a deposit as you think it is, because let's say mm-hmm. someone does break something at your place, you think, oh well, I just take it out of the deposit. No, 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 no. They um he said something like they just they don't hold that five hundred or that two fifty or whatever out of that person's credit card. Airbnb don't do that. They just make they do a quick scan, make sure that they have two fifty or five hundred on their card. And as soon as they're gone, I mean I mean after nope. that scan they're checked in, they could take they could transfer all that money off that card and put it on another card. And so it's like not even a real deposit. Yep. And that is exactly what the guy on the forum post was talking about. He goes, people ruined my house. I had a security deposit. Didn't get it. Wow. <sighs> so what's wow. the point on, of Airbnb, even putting, get better. Of even putting a freaking deposit if you're not going to even get the deposit exactly. back. Exactly. So, get better. That Sorry we're true. talking on Airbnb. Hey, we love you, Airbnb. We love you, Airbnb, you're but you got to get better, Skrilla, man. But... <laughs> Yeah. But pick up your game, you know. Yeah, man. pick it up, because uh, yeah, because that's exactly what the dude was talking about. He goes, "They won't even reimburse me. They won't do nothing." No. <laughs> yeah, scary. Yeah. I got uh, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, by the way. Happy Thanksgiving, bro. Oh yeah, thanks Thanksgiving uh, to you, our uh, listeners. Our listen, yeah. Even though it's like a month or two later after the after yeah. this one airs, but whatever. I hope y'all had a wonderful Thanksgiving after the Cowboys whooped. The Chargers, but uh, the Cowboys ain't doing so good right now. But nah. I hope that doesn't affect our listings. By the way, I was, I was, yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, man. the Cowboys suck now. We're not gonna go watch the what game. A, they're America's team. <laughs> Cowboys can suck, and no, nah, they're not America's team. They're Jerry Jones' freaking team, and they are man. They so. they have the most jersey sales year <laughs> in year out. I know, but, but we have a uh, okay. I, that's not going. <laughs> I, I I did watch them on the ship, and it was pretty bad. <laughs> <sighs> Terrible, terrible. So yeah, that's um, that <laughs> we could do a whole nother. We could go nonstop, but you, you, you yeah. So Thanksgiving's yeah, I tomorrow. I got uh, real quick. I got a quick turn because um, we got guests, the South Korean guests, really, really cool kids. You know, I, I, I hope, I hope the house ain't trash. You know, but for as far as the communication, they've been really cool. You know, yeah. they haven't asked for much, and, and I've helped them when I could. And they're they're, I, I that's remember I told you a long time ago. This this lady wants to rent. On Thanksgiving Day, because she wanted to come in town to watch the game, and she asked if she could do an early check-in at 11. Remember mm-hmm. I asked you, and you're like, yeah. yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it. I said, right, cool, I'll do it. And like like a day or two after that, that's when those Koreans booked. Boom. So they're leaving tomorrow, right? Yeah. And she's getting in, she's getting in at 11. So I was like, crap, how am I going to play this? How am I going to play this, you know? So I just waited till yesterday, actually. I asked them, hey, I hope you all enjoy your stay. Um, by the way... Um, Thursday happens to be Thanksgiving and we're trying to get, I'm trying to get my cleaner, you know, in there. I just wanted to know exactly about what time you think you're going to leave. I just thrown it out there. No rush. You, you know, they're entitled to 12 and they said, Oh, you know, actually we're going to leave about eight or nine in the morning because our flight to Korea back to Korea is at 11 AM. Okay. 
oh okay cool you know that's that's great thanks for you know staying i just do it out there and because i had ideas in the back of my hand Ooh. how i was going to handle the situation but thank goodness they're going to leave about eight or nine um my wife is going to get in there and knock it out she'll have two hours we have all the sheets here and everything so just switch it all out knock it out clean it and they'll get there about 11 got block dates man that's a yeah, close call yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But, <laughs> but but see i if i would have think about that if i would have blocked um the day before to to, to accommodate this one lady right mm-hmm. I, in other words blocking um wednesday to so she could do thursday those the south koreans might not have booked for a week because they true. needed a week consecutive. And so for blocking that one day, it would have screwed me out of um, five yeah. days of pay. You know what I'm saying? That's true. So, yeah, it's a... Yeah, it's a... I just yeah. thought... I, I thought I'll cross that bridge when, when we get there. And, and yeah, yeah, luckily... Luckily... It worked. Luckily, <laughs> 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 it worked. But, it's so, yeah, because yeah. I have people in my house in there today all the way until, I think, Friday or Saturday. Yeah. And then... uh I'm, I'm doing a little quick, a little uh, sneaking condo. Uh, what's it? Sneaking and renting out my condo. Because <laughs> nice. my my 18th, well, which was four days ago, this the, our uh, long term tenant checked out. Then I have someone else checking on the first. But in that two week span, I'm like, probably sneak a guest in there too. You know? <laughs> 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 yeah. So then we'll. Finesse in the HOA. Yeah, yeah, and then we'll throw someone else in there for a whole month, and they can't say anything. Well, what are you talking about? We've had, you know, <laughs> yeah, they were just clean, re- renovating the place for us. You know yeah, what I'm <laughs> <laughs> tell them to walk in and out with tool belts. That, exactly. That's the only stipulation. <laughs> Put a hard hat on, some tool belts. <laughs> yeah, good idea. <laughs> well, cool, man. We can go on and on forever. Um, we had a great show. We had a great guest. Um, yeah. Thanks again to Huzefa Kapadia. Um, part of the dynamic duo of get paid for your pad, and um, yeah, man, it was awesome. I can't wait to do the next episode. Oh yeah, man, get us, uh, reach out to us on iTunes. Remember, like us, rate us, do it all. Uh, reach us at four six nine three hundred ninety one hundred. Also, check us out on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, uh, Live Let Thrive. Um, get on there and subscribe to us we need some subscribers man subscribe to us we're growing like you said you know slow and steady we're growing slow and steady but yeah, you know, yeah. i see the snowball getting a little bigger a little bigger and yeah we're gonna we'll we're, soon we're get paid for your pad <laughs> <laughs> just kidding shout out to jasper <laughs> episode 29 in the books peace peace out thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of live let drive Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.